Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we're going to receive life from your word right now. And we're going to experience it as we apply your word. And Father, I just pray right now to, that you would use me to communicate what is on your heart. Lord, you have deposited your word into me right now. And Lord, I submit my mind, body, and spirit into your hands. And use me as a vessel for your glory. And I pray, Father, that every person that is listening to your word right now is good seed, is good ground, God. And I declare over them that the seed that, is, that they're about to receive will bring a harvest of a hundredfold in their life. That the word of God would manifest from spirit into the physical as they hear this word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Awesome. So John 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, say in me, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. You are clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you, are able, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. We're on the subject of community now. We've spoken about community from the one... First Corinthians, <laughs> right? Where we, have, where we talk about the body of Christ has different functions, but it's the same body, right? We, I want you to use that same analogy when you're talking about, when we're talking about the vineyard, when we're talking about the vine, the stem of, the, of that tree of life is Jesus. So, God the Father, who is the vine dresser, is the one who owns the vineyard. And Jesus is the stem and he looks, the Father looks at the stem, he looks at that tree and he decides what is on that tree or what shouldn't be on that tree. But the way he gauges what should be on that tree and what shouldn't be on the tree is how much of fruit the branch bears. Are you with me? Now, when you look at the community, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, that is us, God adds to the church. He, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he grafts you into the true vine. Do you understand what that means? 
He takes you and he grafts you. He, he, you know how, how they graft branches on a new, on a new, on, a, on an old tree. They, he creates a, he cuts into the branch, into the vine, and then he takes a branch and he sticks it in there and ties it. After he ties it, he allows that branch now to stay committed. So Jesus is saying to us that fruitfulness does not come from your effort. It comes from his grace. So he is the one who produces fruit. But the condition that he's talking to you and I, and he's saying this is something that you need to do, and you need to abide in me. So when we understand community, we talk about a body of, 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 the, of Christ, a group of believers that believe the same thing, that follow the same word of God, that practice the same value system, are all in one body, are connected to the same body. Now, Amos is connected to the same body as much as Mac is connected to the same body. Both have different expressions, but they're connected to the same main body tree. So that community is something that God has established as the place from which you and I are fruitful. You cannot bear fruit outside of community. What God is looking for is not your church attendance on a Friday. Or your church attendance at life group on a Tuesday. What God is looking for is how much fruit you're bearing. He's not looking at how awesome your leaves are shining in the sun. He's not looking whether, whether wow, you know, this, this guy is so awesome when he comes to church. He worships and he gives and he does all of this stuff. He's looking to see how committed you are to the community. Because your commitment to the community determines how much fruit you bear. He's not talking about your commitment to the worldwide church. I can go to any church. I can go. I can watch God TV, and I can, you know, be fruitful. Yeah, I'm sure you can be. I mean, there's a there's a level of fruit that you can bear from that, but. The bottom line, what God is looking for, is how much fruit do you bear? But you can only bear fruit if you stay grafted and committed to the place that God has planted you in. Are you with me? So the condition that Jesus is telling his, his disciples, uh, God, all God looks for, God the Father, the vine dresser, he looks for fruit. Now in Galatians chapter 5, we see that the right of Galatians is, is describing what this fruit is. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, this is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They say that there are nine fruit of the Spirit. It's not true. There's one fruit, but nine characteristics of the same fruit. Are you with me? 
There's nine characteristics of the same fruit. So we all of us are connected to Jesus. We're not connected to nine different versions of Jesus. Hello. We're connected to the same body. But each of us have the ability to produce nine characteristics of the same fruit. Now the way I know a person is, is, is displaying the fruit of, of, the, of the spirit is how committed they are to the body. Do you understand? The way I gauge a person's character, characteristics, the character, whether you are connected to the spirit or not, whether you are connected, if you're not connected to the body, there's no fruit. How do I know that? Because when you're in a circumstance, there's no fruit. When, you're, when somebody cuts you off on the road, there's no, there's only flute. <laughs> no fruit. <laughs> Blankety blank, 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 blank. <laughs> I want to cut me on the road. <laughs> it's not fruit. Because I'll tell you, you, are, you want to know if you are connected to God, connected to the body, you, this is what you produce in each other. You produce love. Unconditional love. Agape love. Which means when, when something happens, when you do something, you're doing it without looking at receiving anything in return. Come on now. That only happens in a church. Try going to business, your office place, and unconditional love. Do you think people are giving you unconditional love over there? They're paying you a salary. They're giving you conditions. Hello? And he says joy. And this joy is not happiness. Based on happenings. This joy is unreasonable joy. Like you don't need a reason to, to, you're so full of joy. It's like a river. It's constant, you're constantly full of joy. Good season, bad season, rainy season, dry season, doesn't matter. You are full of joy. Come on now. I think I'm speaking to the right people. And then another characteristic is peace. And this is where in Dubai we're learning to um, grow in. Patience, sabar, sabar, patience, kindness, goodness, oh yeah, the good, we're so, we love, oh the goodness of God, what about you? How, how do we experience goodness? Come on now, oh. yeah, here's another one, faithfulness, we're, we are faithful to a church that we think is successful. We give only when we think that it's going towards something we know where it's going. Ah, no, no, they're doing missions. So that means we give, then the money will go there so we know it's accountable. Hello. Unfaithful. That is un being unfaithful. Because when you give, you don't look at where it's going. Anyway, I don't want to go there now. This is another one. Gentleness. Oh. Now, now, this is... <laughs> when people talk to you, are you like shaking? Ah, the fire of God! Listen, this this is God's God's characteristic. You know, one day when we went to the Holy Land, um, we went to the the upper room, and uh, we were there and we were just singing. You know, Jesus, the Holy Spirit it was really nice. And then some some people were also in other people were also in the room, and the people were catching these guys like, on the head, like, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Ah, speaking tongue 
was like, and you're screaming so much into the person's ear that I was thinking maybe we need to pray for healing for deafness after. Or maybe trauma. Like, you know, I was like, there's no way in all of this that the gentle Holy Spirit is being manifested here. We think we have to like, we think that God has to catch us and <laughs> think that God is into rock and roll. Listen, there's a, there's, a, there's a side to God where he is gentle. My dogs, you know, sidetrack. My dogs will only respond to me when I'm gentle to them. Like if I get angry, they respond out of fear. But they don't respond out of love. You understand? So for human beings in a community, we respond to one another when there's no intimidation in how we communicate. Ooh. I think that, that went really well deep down inside. There's another one. Here's another one. Are you ready for it? Self-control. Pastor, please pray for me. Why? I cannot control myself. <laughs> That girl, she's so pretty. God, the pastor, that cigarette, that bottle, that... Di oh my gosh. But here, it's pretty clear. <laughs> Did I say pretty? <laughs> it's pretty clear, isn't it? That the fruit of the spirit in your life, self-control. So you can't tell me that you go to a buffet and you can't stop eating. <laughs> Look at the food and be like, oh, where do I start? Oh, no, you have a spirit of self-control, fruit. So all these aspects, if you don't see it in your life, don't look at other people. Now I'm talking just you. If you look at your life, if you don't have these nine characteristics in your life, then you have to rethink your commitment to the body. But I tell you, if you're, if you're dating before you get, you know, married, don't date after. <laughs> I, I don't know why married couples go on dates after. It's like, hello, they live together. You're making a schedule is living according to a program. For marriage, it doesn't exist. Keep that away. Anyway, if you're dating or you are looking. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking for someone to look at you. Oh, please forgive my English, but you get what I'm, my, I mean, right? If you, want, if you want someone to look at you, that you are a uh, good candidate. <laughs> you have potential. Let me tell you, what is, the more, what is most attractive is the fruit of the Spirit. Most attractive. 
Money will come, money will go. But this, these characteristics of the Holy Spirit, once they get into you, you become the most attractive person in the room. You understand? And I'll tell you ladies, if you want to marry a man, please marry a man. If you, <laughs> if you want to marry a man, look for this. In-laws, if your daughter brings a guy to you, don't look at how much money they have, what education, what color the skin is, how tall, how short, whether he has MBA, no BA, it doesn't matter. Right? Look for this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Oh my gosh. I would love my daughter to marry a man who is kind. Kind-hearted. Who's good. Who's patient. Who's patient. And then there's long-suffering. You know, you need it. Because <laughs> marriage is not like, oh, okay, it was just one, one day of the wedding and then finished after that, what? Whole life. You, trust me, you need long-suffering. You need it. And guess where long-suffering grows the best? In a marriage. What Jesus is trying to say to us is that you cannot bear fruit that God the Father looks for unless you are committed to a community. It's very important, okay? We're going to go deep now into this aspect of fruit, okay? Did I tell you the title of my message? It's New Wine, okay? We're going to go deep into this aspect of fruit because there's a progressive revelation that I want to share with you today. It's very, very important, okay? Because a lot of us are very excited about coming to church. And it's awesome. It's brilliant. But if you're not committed to a body, if you're not committed to a, a group of believers, I love what Emmanuel shared last week. He, he said, if you're, not, if you're not committed to the house, how do we even know what's happening in your life? How do we know what to pray for? How do we know where to stand with you? How do we know where to support you? I mean, it, it's important, but you must understand what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying there's, the, there's one condition from which fruit comes out. That's his responsibility. We don't manufacture fruit. Let me tell you something. You cannot love because you were never created to love. I would love to, love to, um, look, when man was created, that God gave him the ability to love. <laughs> so loving people is not a natural thing. It's a super natural thing. It's something that we need God to do through us. That's why the Bible says that you did not love. He loved you first. And it is only when he, you receive his love that you will be able to love. Do, do you understand? So love is not a natural. Agape love is not natural to humanity. 
You can talk about phileos love or, or eros love, which is all natural to, to us. Do you understand? You know, physical love, like, you know, things like that thing, love that, that, that you have for brothers and sisters. And they're different kinds of love. But agape love, God's love is not natural to us. It's something that we need from him. But I'll tell you, Jesus says, unless you abide, you abide in me. Abiding or being committed to Jesus is your choice. Abiding, staying committed is your choice. And his commitment to you is that he will produce fruit through you. Do you understand? So fruit is a natural byproduct of being committed to a community. Please listen. Are you, are you okay? You're listening to me, right? So I don't wake up in the morning choosing to love because that is a condition. I don't wake up in the morning. People say, man, make the choice to love, man. You can make the choice. I've said it many times to people. Make a choice to love. No. The way we progress in the kingdom is that I don't make a choice to love. I make a choice to receive love. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you got to do is you got to allow yourself to be loved by God first. It is only then that you can love your neighbor as yourself. Come on now. So you've got to love what God loves. You've got to love what God loves. Who does God love? He loves you first. So when he pours out his love upon you, you've got to love that love. Only when you love that love, then you'll be able to have that love to pour it out on somebody else. You cannot love the, 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 the concept. You can't love the concept of love. You've got to experience God's love for yourself. And so Jesus is saying, abide in my love. A lot of us are committed to a church, but we're not committed to love. Abide in me and I in you. And in that commitment, in that faithfulness, you shall bear fruit. See, because what the Father is really looking for He's looking for a group of people who bear fruit. Why is fruit such an important thing to the Father? Why is fruit so important? When I talk fruit, please don't think mangoes now. When I'm talking about fruit, I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We're physical beings. But there's something about spiritual fruit that God looks for. Are you listening? Have you ever asked the question, how does fruit hang on me? Where's this fruit? How do I see this fruit? Where does it come from? Where does it go? Does the tree ever ask the question? It just hangs. Have you ever, have you ever seen a tree eat its own fruit? We were never meant to eat the fruit from our own lives. 
A tree always gives fruit so that other people can taste of the fruit in your life and know that God is good. See, I will experience God only when I'm in a community. I will only know God by knowing you. I will only know God that he is real if I experience the fruit of the spirit, the fruit that God produces through you. Do you understand? So what are you trying to say, Pastor John? Like I don't produce fruit, God produces fruit, then that fruit is meant for other people? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That fruit is not meant for you. So then what about me? Well, your fruit comes from him directly. Your fruit is not, it's not about you getting fruit from the people sitting next to you also. Hello? Are you listening to me? Your fruit, what you need to consume, comes directly from God. It doesn't come from the people sitting next to you. So what's this fruit about? Who is it for? It's for the people who have never experienced God. It's for the people who walked into this room for the first time. Who have never had a touch of God. Who have never tasted the sweetness of his goodness. Who have never experienced the love of a father in a hug. Who have never experienced the fellowship around food. Who have never experienced a, a, a good word coming to them. You know, I met a friend in, in, while I, was in, I made a friend while I was in Thailand. Lives in Bangalore. He said, I went to this church. I was looking for community. I went to this church for eight weeks and not a single person came up to me. Eight weeks. He went committed to a church that was having a move of the Holy Spirit. Eight weeks and not made one friend. I said, you deserve better. There's a church called Life Church Global. I'll give you one week to make all the friends. Everybody in this room will come to you and they will befriend you. They will hug you. You will be hugged to your seat and hugged all the way back to your car. And in fact, we will sit in your car and take you for dinner. And then by the time you're tired, we'll send you back home. See, you must understand that that's our community. People experience Jesus when they come to his body. They don't experience uh, just another human. They experience divinity. Divinity. Our responsibility, ladies and gentlemen, is to reproduce the divinity that we experience personally. We produce divinity corporately when we experience divinity personally. Are you with me? And Jesus now is saying, what's most important? God wants people to experience him. And he will experience, people will experience him and turn to him. But all that comes from you being connected to the body. Keeping that in mind, we're going to go deeper. Okay? Just remember... 
You're a branch connected to the body. And you're, as you stay committed. Now, I need to say this because the Lord reminded me. If you're in this church and you've come new or you've been here for a couple of months, I want to ask you to give us as a community six months of your life. Six months committed to this house. Just give us six months. And I can guarantee you that your life will be changed. I can guarantee you that. Just give us six months. When I say six months, I'm talking about six months of wholehearted commitment to everything that we do, every teaching that we, we release, everything, practice everything that, is, that, it, that happens in this house. Everything that you see me and my wife do, you have the liberty to do it. Right? If you can give us six months of your life, the next six months of your life, I can guarantee you that your life will change. There will be huge transformation in your life where you will begin to see. People will come to you and tell you, I can, I'm experiencing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Six months time. Six months is a very long time for us as a church. Usually a month or two and you'll already start. But I want to give you six months because during those six months you'll be tested. Relationships will be tested. Your mindset will be tested. The old man will be tested. But give us six months. Wholehearted commitment. Okay? For the ones who are being committed, we're moving on. Okay? I'm not asking you. But this is an invitation to people who are thinking, I just came visiting, you know, I don't know, whatever. But trust me, if you want this fruit to be reproduced out of your life, give us six months. Okay? Now, when I say committed, I'm talking about committed to the church, committed to serving, committed to giving, committed to doing the life groups, everything. All, everything that we have in church, I need you to give me six months. Okay? Right. So we ended there. By saying, by this the Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Okay, not one, much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Now, this is where it goes deeper. Are you ready? Verse 9. Just remember the fruit, okay? As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Now, he's moved away from you being connected to the, to the vine. Okay, he's going another level now. He's not talking about just your commitment now. Now, he's moved into a place where you are, you, you are now producing fruit. Hello? You're, you're producing fruit, okay? Now, he's talking, he's talking about God's fruit to him. Love. Okay? And then he's saying, as the Father has loved me, I also loved you. He's come from a place of just saying, be committed to saying, now we're moving into deeper things. From being committed to a church, now we're committed to something else. Okay? As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Here you go. Abide in my Okay, you're not getting it. Verse 4. Read verse 4 with me loud. One, two, three. Abide in me and I in you. Right. 
Now read verse 9 again. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Huh. Do you get it? You see what's happening now? He's saying, first you come to church and you're committed to the body and everything is awesome. And now you're, you're beginning to produce fruit. Now we move from just saying, I'm committed to the church to saying, I'm committed to the love that I experience from one another. Do you get it? Do you get it? When you walked into this room today, you received a hug. You received love. They smiled at you. They hugged. They, there was joy that was in this room during worship. You, you received that. He's saying now you're not just committed to a body as an organization. Now you're committed to a body because you're experiencing love. You're committed to fruit. He's saying abide in my Do you get it? Yeah. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus is not like saying, okay, I am the source now. Everybody, I've, I love you. Okay? Now abide in my love. So your commitment to the body is not based on a church meeting. Or a life group meeting. Your commitment to the body is based on love. You've experienced love on a Friday. Now you experience church every other day. So you're committed to one another even when you're not limited by the four walls in this room. Are you getting it? Are you sure? So, we don't gather just because there's a church meeting. I gather because I've experienced love from Amos. So, which means any, every time I, I think of Amos, I've experienced I can abide in his love. That love that I experience. So, now I pick up the phone and call him. Hey, what are you up to, man? What are you doing? Let's hang out. No church agenda. You moved now from being committed. You're committed now. I'm committed to Amos. Why? It's because there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a corporate commitment and then there's a personal commitment. There's a, I'm not committed just because I'm coming to church. I'm committed because now Amos and I have a, have a connection. Now I'm committed to him. I'm committed to Priya. I'm committed to Lizelle. I'm committed to Ricardo. I'm personally committed. I'm personally now investing into my time. I'm investing my time into them now. And I want to know them. I want to. Why? It's because I experience love. We're not just looking now for the man in front. Your commitment now goes beyond that guy and that girl in the front. Your commitment now is, is have I experienced love from the people sitting next to me? If I have not experienced love, then I need to be grafted into, I have to go back now to phase one. I have to go back to phase one and understand that this body is the vine and I need to stay grafted and committed into the vine. Now when I start producing fruit now, I'm giving fruit away to Ricardo. Whenever I, Ricardo doesn't need to give me a reason, I just love the guy. Why? It's because I've received love. 
I'm abiding in God's love, not in God's church. Come on now. So the church now, it doesn't give me a reason to gather. The church group, the meetings and all of that stuff, man, celebrity, nothing, none of that stuff. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to the person sitting next to me. I'm committed to getting to know them better because there's love, the love of Christ. They're, they're bearing fruit that is meant for me. Oh. Do you understand? Why should I take time to get to know Amos? Is because there's a, there's a I, I've, I've, big, I've experienced love from him, but there's also love that I have to give. And so together, when there is an exchange of Alfonso and Badam, <laughs> right? When there's an exchange, now he begins to say, hmm, there's a different mango. So now we abide in the mango. Do you get it? Oh, come on. Come on, man. Please get it. This is very important. Don't just treat it like lightly. Jesus says, this is how I know you love me, by obeying my? I'm giving you one. You have to get it. You have to understand that we no longer are just committed to a church meeting, a gathering, a, 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 a church called Life Church Global. Life Church Global is just a name of the body. I'm committed to the ones in the body. I'm committed to the ones who are bearing fruit in the body. Not because I have a need. Oh, I have a, I have a need a job now, so I need to go to this church called Life Church Global. They pray for me and I'll get a job. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Yes, you will get a job if you come here. But once you get a job, then what? Who are you committed to? Are you committed? Oh, I need to come here because I need to give my tithe and offering. And, uh, you know, because that's what God wants me to do. Yeah, God wants me. Yeah, sure, sure. Is that what God wants you to do now? We've we progressed from a place of saying, okay, that was good. That was great. Now I'm giving my tithe and offering. Yes, awesome. I'm giving it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But now I'm doing it because I like Mac. I'm doing it because I like Kapil. I love him. That's why I, I want to meet him. That's why I need to give. You understand? I love Maria, right, so much that I want to see her during the week. Now, every time I meet Maria, talk to Maria, the church takes place. Do you understand? But it's from a place of love. I, both of us have experienced love that we've never experienced before. We've experienced a love that is only God-like. And that only happened in the community. And when you value that, now when you leave the community, the community doesn't leave you. When you leave this Friday service, the church doesn't stop being the church. So our responsibility, what God is trying to say is that, hey, listen, I am, I'm, I'm not here because God asked me to come here. I'm here because I love you. But it's, it's no longer, okay, just think about it like this. In the beginning, God called John to do a new thing. 
And so when God called John to do a new thing, John stepped out and now we're doing a new thing. Okay, what is the new thing? Okay, God, this is all this is a new thing. Okay. So now, where five years later, I'm not committed to that call. I'm committed to you. Do you understand? We, we, there's a progress that takes place. Jesus is not hanging on the cross. There's progress. But we treat the ones who are in this room like they're still on the cross. Do you understand? We, we have to come, we have to, we have to transcend the old ways of doing things. And we have to come into the new ways of how God is communicating to his people. And he's, he's telling us, listen, there's a higher way, there's a better way, it's called love. And this community will not be a community of love until this community learns to value the people sitting around. It's very important that we come into this place and we say, okay, I'm serving. I'm serving in the crew team and I'm serving and I, I've been serving and I've been serving and nobody values me. Ooh, okay, that hit a nerve. I think I need to come down for that one. <laughs> I've been serving and I'm giving in this church and I've been doing everything and, and uh, look at that person, he's not doing anything. Ooh, <laughs> we came even quieter. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something, you're serving? You're serving because of the people sitting in these chairs. They are experiencing your love. And because they've experienced their, that love that you've served and given, they keep coming back. They're addicted to your love. They're addicted because you are creating an experience of God that they can't commit to. They can't do, not commit to. Do you understand? When we come into this place where we understand that church is much more dynamic than just another meeting, then we'll understand that church, the body of Christ, is about people. It's about a community. And every time I experience love from a person, it draws out love from me for that person. But it does not need to, it doesn't happen only on a Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't happen only on a Friday. It should happen every day of the week. If it does not happen, then it's not true love. If you're only meeting your friends, you're coming to church only because they are here on a Friday, then we're creating an event for you. It's a club, it's not a community. It's not the body of Christ. It's a club that comes together and trust me, new people come here and they say with this music, it's like a club anyways. It's like a rock show, whatever, you know, all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it can be like that. But if you are committed to the people sitting around you, my God, if you are committed to the love, if you abide in each other's love, now we move into the next level. Okay, are you ready? Are you good with that? Yeah. Do you understand it? Yeah. Right. Verse 11. These things, which things? This is the new things now Jesus is talking about. 
I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Then he goes on to say, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Now, very, very interesting where Jesus is going. I've said this before, love's measure is seen in love's sacrifice. There has to be an element of sacrifice when there is true love, when there's agape love. Do you remember this, right? Now, Jesus is saying, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And then greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. Now, you must understand that when you bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, that fruit is not for you. When you bear the fruit of the Spirit, when you grow in patience, when you grow in long-suffering, when you grow in love, peace, joy, all of that's gentleness, kindness, when you grow in all of that, yes, it makes you attractive, it's not for you. Can you imagine if I was a very patient guy and I enjoyed being patient? <laughs> Would my wife benefit from it? Yes. Why? It's because she's committed to me. And I'm committed to her. So I'm a patient guy, okay? Or I'm learning to be. And so every time I grow in patience, now my wife benefits from it. The purpose of fruit is that it needs to be crushed. Sometimes when we love, love so much that we don't give it away. Because I don't trust you with love. Because I've trusted people before. And I've given them my love and they broke my heart. We've said it, right? And so now we, we, we're like committed to the church and we love one another and all that kind of stuff. And I'm all, bearing all this fruit. And this tree doesn't want to give its fruit. But God is the one who owns the fruit. And you don't want to give it. No, no, no. God blessed me with this job. I don't want to give it up. God blessed me with all this money. I don't want to give it to anybody. Why? Because I don't trust the church. Why? The church is, the pastors in the past have done so many things before. I don't trust them. <laughs> Pastor, I can never love again. Really? Why? Because she broke my heart. I gave her everything. I spent all that money on her. And then she went with another guy. Broke my heart. I don't think I can ever love again. But you're committed to a body. And there's fruit. 
The purpose of fruit is a kingdom purpose. God needs the fruit. And when he takes the fruit, he crushes it. When he crushes it, he produces new wine. So you might think about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these things can be crushed. can be crushed. Your heart can be broken to pieces. It's a kingdom purpose. Nobody talks about this part. Everybody's okay with bearing fruit. Everybody's just come to church, man. Stay committed to the body. But nobody talks about the moment when you have to doubt God's goodness in your life. When you have that job that God gave you and then you lose it. When you have that family member that you love so much and then they, you lost them. And you question God's goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you these moments are moments of crushing. But I want to tell you like I said before. He says my grace is sufficient for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, the kingdom of God is not only in word, but it is in power. To demonstrate power needs crushing. We need to be crushed in order for you to produce power. I was giving somebody an example, I think Mac and Amanda in, in Thailand, and I was talking about how a seed has to fall to a ground, the earth has to open up and receive the ground, but the pressure of the tectonic plates have to crush the seed in order for life to come. A seed, a small seed, an insignificant seed has to bear the pressure of the earth in order for it to produce life. Sometimes we go through life and the pressure of life is so much that it feels like you're being crushed. It feels like you're being broken. It feels like you're losing everything that you had. All the money, all the friends, everything. It feels like you're the most loneliest in this moment. But I'll tell you, that is the very moment where God produces power out of you. It's the very moment. Laying down one's life, ladies and gentlemen, is a physical act that has spiritual implications. God produces fruit. Spiritual fruit. Please listen to me very carefully now. God produces spiritual fruit in your life. And that spiritual fruit will not become physical unless there's death involved. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
unless someone lays down their life, people don't experience life around them. Unless someone lays down their life with the intention of love for someone else, that person does not experience love. Oh, come on. There is an element of sacrifice that is involved in people experiencing true love. If you talk about agape love, Rupesh, if you want to experience true love, there has to be an element where someone has to lay down their life in order for you to experience love. Do you understand? Someone has to be crushed in order for Alejandro to experience love. Someone has to give up something in order for somebody else to experience love. So what is in it for us then? <laughs> what is in it for us? Jesus makes a statement in John 15 and he says, I want you to bear much fruit. Because if you bear fruit, I want you to bear fruit that will remain. Come on now. Can I go deeper with you, please? I don't think you're ready, but are you, are you okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you want to go deeper? Yes. Jesus is saying, I want you to bear much fruit. But I want you to also bear fruit that will remain. How can you bear fruit when you give it away that that fruit, fruit remains? Jesus is saying, I want you to bear much fruit. When you bear much fruit, I want that fruit to remain. How can that fruit remain if you have to die and give it away? <laughs> Come on now. What? Regenerate? Yep. He's on the right path. Let me tell you something. Every time you make a choice to die to something, to yourself, you're giving God an opportunity to resurrect you. Do you understand? Resurrection life that Jesus experienced in the tomb three days later was because he made a choice to lay down his life. And true love is experienced when one person lays down their life for another. But Jesus says, I want you to bear much fruit. There's gold dust on your face. I want you to bear much fruit. Why? It's because I want you to die. <laughs> Why? Because I want you to give away something that you love. Yeah. I love being loved, man. Come on. You, you'll be foolish to not love love. <laughs> it will, you'll be foolish not to love peace. You'll be foolish not to love patience and kindness and goodness. These are attractive things. They are tangible things in a person's life. But God is saying, I want you to... Give it away. I want you to be kind to a person who does not deserve kindness. 
I want you to be good to a person who does not deserve goodness. I want you to be love someone who hates you. Come on now. Now we're, we're getting to that place. Do you understand? Why? It's because in the moment that you die and you give away that fruit to them, you give away love to that person, now that person experiences a tangible love that they would not have experienced without death involved. Do you get it? So when they experience the love of God for the first time, they will realize, man, this person, he shouldn't be doing this to me. He shouldn't be good to me. I've been bad to this person. I've messed his life up. I've done this to her. I've done that to her. I've, back, I've done uh, gossiped. I've backed by, I've stabbed. I've done all this to this person. But this person keeps coming back and loving me. What the heck is wrong with this person? There must be something. Where does this person get this energy to keep loving like this? Do you understand? Are you getting it? Where does this person keep uh, giving and being patient like this? How does this happen? This is, not a, this is not natural, man. People complain. People bicker and fight and, and want to give up and they want to do all these things. But these Christian people from Life Church Global, something about them. There's something about these people. They keep coming back. They keep loving. They keep staying committed. It is these, these people are the ones that God chooses to bring transformation in the world. Do you understand? So it's not really about, I, I'm going to be committed to a church and then I'm going to bring transformation in the world. You will bring nothing if you just come to these four walls. True church begins outside these four walls. True church begins when you go to work and those people, Kapil will testify of this. All the people that Kapil deal with, right, are people that don't deserve goodness, that don't deserve love. But yet, what would change a criminal's mind? What would change a terrorist's mind? What would change them? Their mind has been, uh, what's the word? They've been brainwashed. So why can't we wash them with the word? Jesus says, you are clean because of my word. If their brain has been washed with something else, we can renew their mind with God's word. Just give us six months. Six months. Change anybody. Anybody can change if you are fully committed for six months to Life Church Global. I'm telling you, if you give me your 100%, I can guarantee you, you will walk away like a tree blossoming, ready, full of fruit, ready to be crushed. New man. Ready, ready. The manifest sons, the Huyos sons, are the ones who do not love their life. They do not love themselves to a point where they live to give up their life for their friends. They live, they exist to give up their life. What does that mean? It means that my opinion about the world doesn't matter. What matters is how much I can love the people around me. How much can I love the people who don't deserve love? 
How much can I love them? Because every time you love that boss that hates you, right? That boss that really doesn't like you, that wants to get you fired. When you go to that boss's office and you, and you tell him, boss, what can I do for you today? How can I add value to your life? How can I add value to your day? He might look at you pretty strange, but if you, can, if you can stay committed to that and keep on going there to his office every day and saying, how can I add value to you today? How can I, trust me, he will, he will trust you more than anybody else in the office. Do you understand? But I'll tell you, by doing that, yes, I'm sure your pride dies. I'm sure your, your, you know, your time, you're giving away time that you could be doing something else. You, you, your time goes away. You, you could, there's so many things about you that would die. But every time it dies, Ricardo, you're giving the Holy Spirit opportunity to bring resurrection in that area. You're experiencing resurrection life every time you make a choice to die. Not make a choice to love. Ooh. We don't make a choice to love. Love is unconditional. But I make a choice to die. Die to myself. Die to my opinions. Die to the fruit that I like in my life. I'm a good guy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a really good man. I like being good. Yeah, but how about being good to somebody who doesn't deserve it? <laughs> then, we can, then we can talk about it, right? How about us as Christians, like, not loving denominationalism so much? How about, how about that? How about, how about us not loving only these people? How about loving the drug addicts and the, and the gays and the lesbians and the Catholics and the Presbyterians and the brethren? How about loving the Muslims and the Buddhists and the, and, the, and the Sikhs and the atheists? How about loving these people? People that we think don't deserve it, but actually they are the ones who deserve it more. How about we stop condemning these people and start accepting these people? Come on, man. Why do we make conversion such a big deal in the church? Let me tell you something. You don't need to believe in order to belong. You first belong. Then we'll talk about believing next. You belong in this family. And every single friend of yours belongs in this family. Every single enemy of yours belongs in this family. <laughs> Everyone's like clapping, like, oh, my friend, yeah, yeah, bro. I'm going to bring my friends, pastor. They're going to come here. I love my friends. Bring your enemies as well. Come on. Bring your enemies. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> you cannot say you love somebody without a physical demonstration of it. Now, I'm not talking about lust. I'm talking about love. In order for spiritual food, fruit to manifest into, into the physical, something has to die. <laughs> it's only through you that spiritual fruit can manifest into something physical, something tangible, something that someone that does not have a Christian grid can get. We will not see transformation in the world. Until us as the church stop acting like a church and actually be the church. We come to church and act like it. When we go out, we act like the world. We're pretty good at mimicking what we are around. 
But once you have the fruit of the spirit developed in you, you can't act anymore. You, let me tell you something. Pay attention to this part. Every test, every storm in your life doesn't come to challenge you. It comes to challenge the fruit in your life. So the question I have for you right now is when that test comes, do you have any fruit to give it? <laughs> because if you don't have fruit, guess who's falling off the tree? <laughs> when that storm comes, are you looking for peace or are you the peace? If we have no fruit to offer, when the test comes, you're the offering. <laughs> you know, how many of you uh, wake up in the morning? This, this could be some people. Uh, it's just a, the question might fail. How many of you wake up in the morning and God tells you, today, I'm going to test you. <laughs> if that's you, put your hand up, please. <laughs> There's no one in this room, no one on the planet. God doesn't show you the question paper before the exam. <laughs> when tests come your way, when they don't announce themselves to you. Please, I'm going deeper, okay? Yeah. I know it's a funny part, but just hang in there. Yeah. Whenever you bear fruit, you're committed to a house, the people around you, you're experiencing their fruit, giving away fruit, it's fruit, all the love, joy, peace, patience, all of that stuff. When the test comes, if you don't have fruit, You'll start striving. You'll start fighting. You'll start begging God, God, give me money to pay. God. But when you have fruit, you actually don't fight. The fruit fights on your behalf. Oh, <laughs> no, no. You need to get it, man. I'm telling you, you need to get it. You need, that's why I'm coming down, because you need to get it. Do you understand? Two weeks ago, we had a phenomenal service. I spoke on, what did I speak on two weeks ago? Community, yes. What, what did I speak on? Hmm? Perfect love, right? I spoke about a more excellent way. It's love, right? So we had a phenomenal service, and my mom, who had a heart attack, was in the hospital, and my, parent, my dad said, no, no, don't need to come. Everything's okay. Doctor said whatever. Next day, 
at 8.30 in the morning, my mom has another heart attack. It's because she had a block in her artery and, um, and it was, yeah, it was blocking her heart <laughs> because that's why it's a block. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, so <laughs> what's it called, man? What's it called? Yeah, no, but what is the block? What's the block called? Clot, that's the one. Clot, yes. So there was a clot in, in the same artery that collapsed, okay? So they couldn't do anything because they put two stints in her heart in that same artery to hold it up. And in between the two stints, the clot formed. So they, they, they were like, okay, this is impossible if they do a procedure. There's a chance that the stint might come out and go into the heart and she could die. So I get this call at nine o'clock in the morning and I was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? And so they said, there's only one option now and that is to give an injection and we're hoping, we don't guarantee it, we're hoping that it would thin the clot and she could live. So my dad was talking to the doctor and he said, there's not many people that really survive from this thing. So I'm just letting you know, we're gonna try this uh, and we're gonna give it a shot and we'll hope for the best. So my father said, what do I do? All our children are abroad. He said, call the children. It's time to say their goodbyes to their mother. So <laughs> after having a good service, believing, yeah, all that stuff, I get this news. And so I have an opportunity now to waddle in my sorrow and believe the report of the doctor. Or I have an opportunity now to produce fruit. And so the time came now, my father said, I think you need to come home. So he said, okay, fine, we'll go home. So my sister and I get on the next flight, Kelsey comes later. <clears throat> so while we're on the flight, now this is, you must understand, that the test, Christopher, comes not when you are having a good day. A test comes when you're down and out. You, have you seen the movie Inception? It's the dream within a dream. This is a test within a test. We think that fruit is only given away when you're in one test. But the element of death comes that when you have the opportunity to feel sorry for yourself and waddle in your sorrows, you choose to give life. So while we're on the flight, please listen to me now. While we're on the flight, we're sitting down. Hi, Nigel. We're sitting down on this flight uh, in the second row. And my sister and I, pretty boring flight. You know, no entertainment. So the pretty boring flight, we're looking at our phones. And we're like, I was like, okay, looking at my mom's photos. And, you know, we're having this emotional. My heart is heavy, you know, because the doctors are saying there's no chance. But I, I said, I'm going with one thing in mind. I want to walk my mom out of that hospital. There's only one condition. So I, by faith, by faith, I booked a one-way ticket. I said, as long as it takes, I will walk her out of that hospital. Death is not an option for us. Death is not an option for us. So anyway, so we're sitting down on the flight. And about two hours into the flight, India's three hours away. And so um, two hours into the flight, 
The guy in front of me, please listen to me now. The guy in front of me, he rings the, the, the bell for the lady. Uh, what's her name? Um, what's, uh, the crew, cabin crew, right? And, and he goes, uh, and she comes to him and he goes, uh, uh, sir, what do you want? And he said, can I please have some water? And so the lady goes to bring water and while she walks away to go bring water, the guy collapses, like that. And he dies on the flight, right in front of me. And I'm looking at him, <laughs> I'm looking at him and I'm going, what the heck is happening? In that moment, you have a choice to make. It is in your right to be sorrowful about the situation that you're experiencing at home. So the guy collapses, and now there's like a whole commotion happening. They're calling the plane, uh, on the plane, they're making any doctor, you know, come, please come, all that stuff. They're calling all these people, the brother, the family coming, they're shaking him, no response. About maybe three, four minutes now into the flight, no response. They're trying to throw water on his face, nothing. He's gone, like completely gone, out. So, must understand, when I say the fruit response, in my mind, I'm thinking, why does this need, please listen, okay, please. I'm thinking, why does this need to happen now? Like, I just want to see my mom. I just want to go, I want to get my mom out of the hospital, I want to come back to Life Church Global. I don't want anything else, I just want to go home, I just want to come back. This is one hour away, they might turn the flight and go somewhere else, and I'm not going to see my mom. This is in my mind. But I don't know how. Something in me, in all of this commotion, something in me just said, stretch your hand out. And so I put my, stretch my hand out like this to the guy's seat, and I said, I release life into this man right now. You will live and not die, and you will proclaim the works of the Lord. I declare it now in Jesus' name. And Tabi's my sitting next to me. She goes, she started speaking tongues. It's absolutely phenomenal because it, there's a, when you have fruit, there's a natural response. Do you understand? When you believe in life and it's, been, it's in you and you're producing fruit, you don't have to decide to give someone life. Do you understand? So they laid hands on the thing, guy, and, and I watched. And I thought he'd come back to life. He didn't. <laughs> so he come back to life. And I'm like, okay, they're, they're still shaking him. And now they want to take him from the seat and they bring him to the, the center aisle. And he's dead weight. Like four guys could not carry him. He's, he's gone. And they bring him. And before they could put him on the ground, he comes back to life. God is good. God is good. So giving life is, is a, is a the power in, in the crushing, there's a power that is released. In my heart being crushed with the news of what is happening from, with my mom, there was a power that was released for a man who did not deserve, who does not believe, who does not 
expect someone to raise him from the dead, sitting behind them, quietly bored, thinking, oh, I want to go home. The guy sitting behind carried fruit. You have no control over the fruit in your life. When you have life and you have joy, you have love, you have peace, kindness, goodness, it, the God just decides to move on his own without your permission. The guy comes back to life and he's sitting in his seat and they ask him, sir, do you have high blood pressure? He said, no. Do you have diabetes? No. Do you have cancer? Do you have heart issues? He's like, I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with me. What are you guys doing? Literally, he's asking me, I just asked you for water. So like, you don't remember anything? What remember? I just wanted water. I remember everything. Because I was sitting there going, thinking about my need. Thinking about my heart. Thinking about my mother who needs me right now. Who's also dying. That the doctors have given up. But in that test, God looks to see whether you have fruit. Looks to see whether you have fruit. I'm telling you, if I did not have the fruit of life, that man would have died. If I had enough faith only for my mother, somebody else would have died. You must understand the power of what I'm talking about. So anyways, we land and the guy is like walking around the airport like nothing wrong with him. I'm following him and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, this guy, what is, what is, he's walking around holding his wife and the wife is like, you okay, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Let's go take our bags. And he's going to take his bags and the wife's like, no, no, let me take, he's like, what is wrong with you? Let me take the bag. <laughs> I was like, this guy, does, would he even know that he experienced touch of God? Didn't even know. And I'm okay with it. Because for me to know is <laughs> not unconditional love. For me to receive a thanks is not unconditional love. <laughs> so just walked away and God said, hey, well done. I expected, I expected you to do that. I put that man in that seat because I knew you would be sitting behind him. I put him, I saved him because you were sitting in that seat. He said, well done. Well done. Now just imagine how many people would experience breakthrough if you produce fruit. Come on. Come on. And so anyway, we went now to India and I, 4, 4.30 in the morning, I, I, I sneak into the ICU. I'm looking at my mom and my heart just breaks to pieces. She's lying on the bed, all tubes and everything like that. So I walk in. And my mom, in all of those, that thing, she, she opens one eye and she's like, oh, my children. Oh, my children. She just holds her hand out like that. And man, I'm telling you, I was like, oh, this is too much for me to bear. This is too much for me to bear. So I said, mom, I'm going to come back. I want you to sleep. I want you, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you out of this place. She said, she said, son, I need to sleep. I said, okay. So she slept. 
I went at about maybe about 11.30 in the morning. I went back. Now you must understand, I haven't slept the whole night. I went <clears throat> and I said, I've come only with one thing in mind. And that is to see you walk out of this hospital. Uh, you're not going out any other way. So I said, I need everybody out of the hospital, out of the room. I just need time with my mom. And so for six, seven hours, I sat with my mom and I renewed her mind about her purpose in life. I said, mom, I came here because God told me that this heart issue and where this is not an honorable way for you to go. I said, God will not dishonor you and this way you've served his kingdom by sending you out like this. I said, you need to go with honor. This is not your time to die. And I said, mom, all I need to know from you, do you want to live or do you want to go? She said, son, I want to live and I want to go home. <laughs> because your father cannot live without me. I need to cook. I need to clean. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. I said, okay. So I said, you trust me? We're going to go through this process together. And so I sat for six to seven hours. And I said, mom, I want you to repeat this after me. I will live and not die. And declare the works of the Lord. I will live in the land of the goodness of God. I will experience the goodness of God. My time is not yet come. I will live a long life. I will live a prosperous life. I kept on the whole day. I just kept on, kept on, kept on, kept on going. Then the time for visiting hours left, came up, and I had to go home and sleep. Somebody was with my mom the night. So she's still hooked up in all these machines and everything like that. Her heart rate used to drop from 120 to 44. That's how crazy it was. So, so, you ha so every time it would drop to 44, she, I could see her struggling to breathe, and I'll look at her and I'll say, Mom, say it, I will live and not die. And every time she said, I will live and not die, her heart rate would go up. Wow. You must understand the power of God's word, man. It's powerful. So anyway, the next day when I go back, I'm expecting my mom now to be, you know, oxygen and all that kind of stuff. I walk into the room and she's sitting up. One day. In one day, six to seven hours, a person that God had, that the doctors had given up. In six hours, because of the renewing of the mind. And because of a choice to live. She made a choice to live. She's like, I want to live. Colin cannot live without me. I need to cook. I need all that stuff. She was like thinking about all these things. In six to seven hours, she's sitting up the next day. She could not eat before. I sat down with her. I said, mom, you know that your body needs food. So you need to make a choice to eat the food so that you can live. She's like, okay, son, I don't like the food, but I will eat it. <laughs> You understand, hospital food sucks, man. It's really, please forgive me if you're a doctor, but please, there has to be a better way that we can give nutrition to people. So anyway, she would eat it, she would eat it, she would eat it. The first day she was vomiting a lot. I said, mom, you need to tell your body to stop vomiting. 
and she was like, body stop vomiting like angrily <laughs> so like, stop i don't like it don't stop 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 vom- you know vomiting next day she stopped vomiting started retaining her food started getting stronger and stronger color started coming into her face the injection started working you must understand if you have faith without medicine okay faith and medicine work together uh, if you have a headache and you're praying and praying and praying and it doesn't go put your faith in medicine take a panadol go to sleep the headache will go do you understand you have to use your faith and medicine work together man so anyway so the next day now two days have gone by and my mom's getting better and better and the doctor still saying listen her heart you know we don't know how <laughs> this thing may work may not work i said doctor you're giving her the injection keep giving it amen but i can see my mom's life is changing you do what you do best i'll do what i do best but together we'll save my mother's life huh? so <clears throat> anyway so the third day she's sitting on a chair outside of her bed and the doctor's like listen she has to start walking now her heart has to start beating on her own and all that kind of stuff and then pretty good fourth day are you ready yes you're you can play it if you can see it Even the security guard is surprised. Yeah. I said, man. <laughs> so good, isn't it? A lot of us would look at what happened on the plane as a sign of what is to come. As in that guy dying on the plane was a sign that your mom is going to die. but for us who have the fruit of the spirit we look at our future according to the fruit we look at our future according to the fruit and and not what life dictates it to be because the fruit of the spirit in a community that's formed in a community man i'll tell you it saves lives this community Let me tell you something. This fruit of life, I did not have it before this community. No. <laughs> you know. Do you understand what I'm saying? I did not have the revelation of life and abundant life before I we started this church. But when we stayed committed to this community whether there were five people or the 400 people 200 people it didn't matter yeah. we stayed committed to it and we loved the people today when the time comes for us to reproduce life it doesn't it doesn't happen in our control yeah. <laughs> do you understand it happens outside of our control to the point where like oh was it that easy Oh yeah it's easy because it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. My mom is at home today. She's absolutely fine. The, she went to the doctors. They only want they're thinking about why her sugar levels going up and all that kind of stuff. 
But my mom is a champion. She's been serving God for many, many years. Many years. Today, we're in this place and in this position because of what my mom and dad, the way they have served the kingdom of God. And honestly, you know, I, I really believe that if, if they have to go to heaven, uh, they need to go in a chariot, not in a hospital bed. You know what I mean? That's the honor that they deserve. And that's the honor that you deserve. Because you're not meant to suffer. You're not meant to strive. You're not meant to really live a life that is below what, what God has called you to live. If you have a purpose in life and God has called you to live, man, live. Live, make a choice to live. When the time comes, if we have to go, we'll go. Not a problem. But don't go suffering. Not meant to suffer. 